0: Salutations listeners, See Sivalas Valeo, Valamagoulis, no 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 no, thank you for tuning in, this is Three Men in a Basement and we are the Ultra Crepidarians, my name is Colin McLeod, Mark here.
1: Action Jackson, Jackson Waxing, what, what is he
2: actually waxing anyway, a surfboard?
0: Oh no 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 no, you do not ask Jackson what he's is that waxing, what
2: he's does he call it a surfboard? Yeah, that's, that's is a, it like, so wax- they call it out west buddy, is it like a tape board? I, I could show you, I know you could,
0: they call it the fin. Whoa. <laughs> it helps steer him through water. Yep. We'll get to that later. Less
2: cylindrical, more finish.
1: <laughs> That's what we call foreshadowing.
0: Fores- For- s- skin. There's something <laughs> in there. There is a joke in there. There is a joke in there, and God help me, we will pull it out. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> All right.
1: that, was a, that was a good intro, fellas. Foreskin shadowing.
0: Foreskin shadowing.
1: That's your was... band name, I call it.
0: Yep. Write it down. In this podcast, we review movies and we deliver to you, the listener, an average schmuck's opinion about hidden gems in the wide world of cinema. In this show, we try and target movies that are not total blockbuster smashes. Uh, We also try and target ones that are not so obscure that you couldn't get your hands on a copy even if you wanted to. Instead, Uh, we like to kind of tickle that middle spot of movies. The belly button, if you will? Yeah. The navel of the cinematic universe. (sighs) Those that are both accessible, but also not, not...
1: Slightly hidden. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, the navel. Yeah. You could see it with a crop top. Yeah.
1: But... Well, you don't see
0: them every day. That's right. Other than your own. I wish
1: I saw them every day. I don't
0: make films. Could be a treat. What's happening?
1: Could be a nightmare.
2: You... You ever seen a weird belly button? Oh, Yeah.
0: It is definitely, like, anatomically one of the more unsettling features if it's, like, atypical.
2: Especially, like, close up. Yeah, like an elephant's trunk. Yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> you know? You've seen those belly buttons that, like, just kind of no, like, out? No, printel. tell. Yeah, they like, hang out a couple inches, kind of. No. Like a, like dis- a, like an a distended Yeah, Yeah,
0: it sounds like a hernia. This sounds like this person <laughs> needs to go to a medical doctor.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, I have an any.
0: It sounds like he's trying to convince us. <laughs> I, All right. Uh, I mean, no, call, no, 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 no. We're going to explore the he, elephant call belly button.
1: Him, call him Kyle XY because I need proof.
0: Yeah, me too. Look, I'm not showing He's him. already got a Morton toe. Maybe not if we push him. the Morton toe in, oh! the belly button pops out. We've discovered it. Dude. That's called
1: science. Mark's that's, got that's, superpowers. That's, that's
0: called assault. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... Uh, we watch these movies and we deliver to you our opinion about whether or not you should dig them out of obscurity and go and watch them. In this week's episode of the podcast, we watched the movie a "Multi-Purpose Tool Guy."
2: Mm. Yes, mm. Swiss. He's a Swissman. Yep. Perhaps a Swiss Armyman.
1: It's entirely possible.
0: Yes. Swiss Army Man. It is a 2016 movie, rated R. Definitely rated R. Yep. Yeah, I would say so. One hour and 37 minutes.
1: I'd say it felt it. Do you think so?
2: Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. I didn't want it to be any longer. However, it felt right for what I thought it was trying to do.
0: I will say, I think it picked up speed. I think it started like a little, like I think they were setting the stage mm. and then it picked up speed. Yeah, as it, it, went started to,
1: it started to take off kind of like a jet ski.
0: One would say, yeah. yes. Mm. Uh, actually, and that is a good thing, I think, to sort of call out to the audience like if you're watching this movie and you're like maybe 20 minutes in or so and you're like "eh, i don't know about this just keep watching like keep watching and it, if you know enough about the movie like you've you've listened to the beginning of this podcast and it, anything's piqued your interest watch a little past that and i think it'll hook you
2: yeah you, you've I, not seen a movie like this before
1: i guarantee that
0: that's a jackson guarantee
2: that is
1: a jackson guarantee you could say a guarantee <laughs> <laughs> or a jackson tea. like like a GIF.
0: Yeah. Oh, 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 you come into my house.
2: I just set the internet on fire.
0: <laughs> you come into my house with those blasphemous words.
2: So, uh, what is this? What's what's the genre of this movie?
0: Uh, so they have it as comedy, drama, fantasy, romance.
3: Uh... I
0: actually, I'd put, I, yeah, I put a stamp of approval on all those. Now they're not necessarily in exactly the uh, sort of like um, traditional
1: definitions.
0: Yeah, but I think like comedy it made me laugh. If you've got like a reasonably um broad sense of humor, like you're not a curmudgeon, I think y- comedy you're going to find yourself laughing. Drama, I I feel things during this movie. Oh, yeah. I I really think this like this movie really tugs at the heartstrings. It's silly, but in the scrubs kind of way where it can it can ride both sides of the line and in the same episode have you you know, in stitches and then, you know, like, like in tears. Cause it's guy
1: love between, between two
0: guys. Good harmony on that. That was solid.
2: Better than I expected. Uh, Yeah.
0: yeah the, uh, what's the Scrubs rewatch podcast that uh, I quite like? Fake doctors, real friends. Oh yeah. Mm. Uh, Zach and Donald. We're coming for you guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're actually, we're actually not. Um, we would love to be on the podcast, but yeah, we love, your, we love your show.
2: It definitely felt fancy. Like a, like a, like a big fish. Esque. yeah that's a good comparison yeah
1: big fish uh, it happened, uh, parts of it happened on the water and, and romance i mean
2: this ain't your mama's notebook
0: no but i think romance is one of those that like again if you are okay with a broad definition i think you're gonna sit there and go like it's squarely within romance as well but again there are curmudgeons out there to be like no it's not rah, 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 rah. that's what curmudgeons sound like if
1: you that's a fact i, I know quite a few of them uh, if you have a very narrow-minded and very heteronormative view of what romance is, or define romance by a very small box, you're probably not going to attribute that tag to this movie.
0: I tried having romance with a small box once. How'd that go? Ouch. Not well. I found the back of it.
1: A paper ouch. cut? ouch, ouch. Dude, paper cuts are no joke when it comes to cardboard. Um, That shit hurts.
0: Oh, dude, cardboard paper cuts, they don't fuck around.
3: Okay,
2: so the synopsis of this movie, um, if we haven't confused you enough with the genres yet, um, we've got a hopeless man stranded on a deserted island befriends a dead body, and together they go on a surreal journey to get home.
0: Yeah. That is very succinct. That's it. That's the nuts and bolts of it. Yeah, emphasis on the surreal. There's nothing that's not that's in that that I would want to tell somebody before watching this movie. Yeah, yeah. How cool? else do you define that? I don't think so. I don't think you do. Are we cool? Just leaving that, leaving Sleeping Dogs. Yep. Laying. Are we? Are we Lord yeah. With that description. Yep yep, yep. 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 Uh Okay. So who made this movie is the next the next question. So
2: this was put together by the
0: Daniels. The Daniels.
2: Um. The Daniels. Daniel
0: Ultra. Stormwalker and Daniel Feelsking.
2: Uh, that's close, uh, but it was Dan Kwan uh, and and Daniel Scheinert.
0: Okay, I'm pr- I'm pretty sure I said that. Shine, um, <clears> shine. Is I've got Scheinert? I've got a bit of a sore throat right now. Would you say Scheinert? And so, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. If I can convince you, yeah, dude. These dudes
2: made the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once. Who was in that? Um,
0: Michelle Yao. Michelle Yao. Oh, I, was, oh.
1: I, I thought you were gonna say everyone.
0: Oh well, I mean, well, eventually. That's fair. Starts with it Michelle Yeoh. Starts Yao. with
1: Michelle Yeoh and then As everyone I, else shows up. All at the same time. Everywhere. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway, that's pretty cool, I'm not going to lie.
2: That's a great movie. This is also a great movie. So, uh the, the Daniels um you know, I, I I've been danned. Uh
0: I believe there's another Daniel that took part in creating this movie.
1: I think you're right. <clears throat>
0: you're a wizard, Harry.
1: You're a hairy wizard.
0: Wizard Harry you. <laughs> <laughs> what? You're a wizard in puberty, Harry. I was trying, but there's only so many permutations of those yeah. handful of words. Yeah, so Harry Potter
2: himself, uh, the boy who lived, was in this movie. Daniel Radcliffe, which I think is how you pronounce his name.
0: Uh, Paul Dano was in this movie. So Paul Dano, I think one place that a lot of people know him from is There Will Be Blood. He plays... Um, That's right. Oh, what's his name?
2: Dude who had his milkshake drank? Yes. Yeah. What is it? Paul. Is it Paul? Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, Yeah, the dude who had his milkshake drink, which... (laughs) Get that on a shirt. You know, back in the day, that meant something a little different. Um, He was also the
1: Riddler in the most recent iteration of The Batman. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then a- another place that I think a lot of people will know him from is Little Miss Sunshine. He plays Abigail Breslin's older brother in the movie. So, the oldest of Greg Kinnear and Tony Collette's kids, the one who takes the vow of silence. Paul Dano. Might not be a name that everybody's like. Oh yeah, I know Paul Dano. Yeah, yeah,
1: you recognize but his face. You
0: recognize his face. Kind of a kind of a creepy bloke.
1: I actually saw him in a movie I watched recently, uh, Cowboys and Aliens, with Daniel Craig and Harrison Ford. Fantastic. Oh, I Man. love that movie. That, <laughs> everything I wanted in a movie. Cowboys. And aliens.
2: Yeah. Um, this also had Mary Elizabeth Winstead, but like, I hesitate to like throw her name in this particular basket just because this movie is all about Paul and Daniel. To really put anyone else on the same shelf when you're talking about this movie is a little misleading.
1: I would disagree with that only in the sense that Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character in this movie, while she has very little actual involvement, is a massive focal point for the
0: plot. Okay, so I'm gonna say something. You guys can tell me if you think it's like too spoilery, and and we can cut it out. But um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character's like contribution to the film and the film in general, perhaps, is very akin to Castaway. Yes. So her character is very much like the um, Wilson. No, no. Uh, Daniel's
2: it, the Wilson. Y- yes. Oh well, that's fair. Uh,
0: her character is very much like Helen Hunt's character in Castaway. Oh, that's, I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna explain why. Okay, but I'm just gonna say her character in the same way that like Helen Hunt was like only there really like thirty seconds in the beginning and like maybe like ten minutes at the end. She was only there for a very small piece of the film, but integral pieces of the film. Yeah, that I think sums up her character's contribution. Yeah, but nobody else. I would say of note, nobody else that jumped out to me. So, uh, would you recommend this movie? I personally would.
1: With a disclaimer that you have to at least have, like we said before, a broader sense of humor. You have to get past the first 20 minutes to enjoy the movie, I think is very valid. Uh, Full disclosure, I tried watching this movie once before. I made it about maybe 5 or 10 minutes in and I decided it wasn't for me. But there are movies you watch by yourself and there are movies you watch with friends. And this is a movie that I would say you watch with friends,
0: like porno. Exactly. Got it. Mark, would you recommend? Depends on the porno. I
1: don't know if it does. Man, Uh, do I? (laughs)
2: You mean like clown porn? Yeah, maybe.
0: Absolutely. I don't know. Uh, Do I? Clowns get the shit
1: out of me.
2: (laughs)
0: But did they give you a horror boner? A fear boner, right? Fear boner. That's I, don't like it. I have not experienced a fear boner, but I do know that that is a thing. I That's definitely that exists a thing. in um, like the broad spectrum um, of human existence. Yeah. No. Some some people. No.
1: no. It's why I'm not allowed on elevators anymore. <laughs>
0: is that why? Yeah. No. I always wondered why you took the stairs. No. Yeah.
1: It's not cuz I like cardio. Oh
0: god. <laughs> Maybe you like cardio too much.
1: No. That's possible. <laughs> but I've never gotten a boner running up a flight of stairs. Oh, my God. are <laughs> too scared I'd
2: trip over it. God.
0: Okay, recommending. Recommending. <laughs> I Mark ask- has got his hands on the helm of this ship, and he is... Pulling and pulling and trying to steer. It's Meanwhile, fine. Jackson and I are below the ship,
3: uh,
2: pushing the rudder in the wrong direction.
3: <laughs> Fear boners.
2: Fear. Yeah, uh, there's a shiny thing over there. Let's go look at that. Fear, is that a boner?
1: I'm afraid and turned on by elevators. Oh God. Aren't we all?
2: I absolutely recommend this movie to myself. I think there are people out here that uh, that will hate this movie. uh I loved it, but you have to be like in the mindset of like I'm gonna get through the whole movie and then I'm gonna digest it because I think that there's a really powerful message in here. There's actually a lot of substance to it. Yeah. But on the outside, the the ingredients that make it are individually made up of atypical ingredients.
0: Yeah, I like put I like the way you put that. It's like um, you know in the in the way another artist, uh, you know, outside of the medium of film would you know it's like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna create a, a work of art out of like toothpaste toothpaste and human fingernails and you're yeah. like all right that's really fucking weird guy why are you do? why are you doing that but then you look at it and you're like wow i'm actually like I'm actually getting something out of this yeah. like i think these filmmakers are very talented at using atypical substance to tell a very substantive story yeah Um, I would also recommend this movie. It is, like you guys said, something that i recommend to most people, largely because most of the people I interact with have similar tastes and backgrounds to myself, and so I can fairly freely recommend this movie. I'm not entirely sure if I would recommend it to, say, like my parents. Um, I could see them getting, you know, bored and turning it off, or watching it and being like, the fuck is this? But I think, like, if you identify with us having listened to the podcast you'll probably like this movie.
1: Kaylee, if you're listening, you would love this movie. Alyssa, if you're listening, you would hate this movie.
0: Yeah, but not you, Dan. Not you, Dan. What about Cedric? Oh, Cedric's fine. Cedric would Cedric, probably enjoy this. Cedric is a joy, and we're happy to have him. But mm-hmm. not you, Dan. Got <laughs> now you here making enemies. <laughs> <laughs>
2: There's another guy uh, lurking in the corner. His name is Raphael. Oh, shit. I'm curious to know what he says. Raphael.
0: Yeah, Raph. Fire. Pizza time. Cowabunga! Oh, cow- Cowabunga yeah. yeah I, I should have led with Cowabunga. Right, 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 right. Okay, so... I'm sure he's probably so fucking sick of those jokes.
1: <laughs> no, I don't think he's ever heard them. I don't think he's ever heard that joke. Would you say that he's a uh, hero in a in a half shell? He's never heard that one
2: either. No? No.
1: Never. Turtle power.
2: What? <laughs> I don't understand the reference.
0: All right, all right. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> it's the green machine. We're going to rock the town without being seen. Oh, have you ever seen a turtle get down? Slam a jam to the new jam sound.
3: What the fuck?
0: Okay, let's spoil this movie. Go ninja, go ninja, go, go ninja, go ninja, go, ninja, go, 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 go ninja, ninja. Okay, rap, ninja. All right, ninja, All right, rap. settle down, Just double Vanilla. Double
2: down on that shit. So hard. Settle down, Vanilla. We don't need your ice. Okay.
0: All right, I hope. I hope that. Helps Raphael forgive us. No, it won't. For our I mean, former transgressions.
2: You just pissed him
1: off. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you take anything with you, remember this: it's better to be pissed off than pissed on. That's true. You know what? That's true. I'm gonna get that on a pair of gloves.
0: I I don't know if that's like a blanket statement that everybody would agree with, but
2: oh, you're talking about the pa- the,
0: the the tapes. The the yeah yeah. I think there are, I think there are individuals who would probably at least in a clandestine fashion disagree with that statement you
1: can't please everybody and the people you can please by peeing on i don't really want to be friends with them they don't Especially want to be your friends th- you but, know that's out of my house out of my house probably true it's
2: purely transactional yeah that's uh let's fair. spoil this thing a bwa 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 bwa
1: bwa bwa bwa
0: bwa that's sassy, that was Yeah, energy. I thought I I'd go that. lyrical with it. Yeah. Yeah. That was
2: sassy. So let's let's take that high energy. And this movie starts on a man trying to kill
0: himself. Yep. Yeah.
1: Standing on a cooler. Yep. Not so cool. Not <clears throat> so cool. I guess maybe we should have started with a trigger warning.
2: Okay. Yeah, I did. I did jump into it a little callously. Mm. Uh, I do think that. You know what? This is a larger theme throughout the whole movie. We're, we're in spoilers here. Valuing one's life and re-articulating one's priorities. They're taking stock. Yeah, uh, but it, it does. It starts with a man uh, attempting to, to end his own life. And it's, it's not played for gags, but it quickly devolves into that but i think in this moment it's treating it seriously
0: well i think that's like that's the beauty of that scene right is like they shoot it beautifully and you really feel for this guy who's like about to like off himself and he like looks out at the sea and he sees this body and he ends up accidentally falling and starts to hang and he's like about to lose consciousness and the rope breaks they like scrambles to this body and realizes it's dead and then loses even more like um I wanna say Hope. Hope that's yes, exactly. And uh ends up taking the guy's belt and going to hang himself again and he's in the same position, and then he sees the body begin to fart. And fart and fart and fart and fart and fart. Uncontrollable. And it, it continues to fart. And like I really feel like there's a I know this sounds really fucked up, but I like kind of a beauty in that, right? Like Even in the, you know, not to fucking quote Dumbledore here, but, like, happiness can be found even in the darkest of times, right? If one only remembers to turn on the light. Like, even in these really fucking bleak situations, sometimes it's okay to let yourself laugh. And sometimes that's the thing that saves you. And I I like that they sort of married this absolutely just, like, ridiculous notion. I mean, a a body, sure, will, like, release gas. But, I mean, it was was like somebody hooked a goddamn leaf blower up to him. Um... It was comical and it it completely dissolved the tension of the way the scene was set up. And I think that's like, like Mark said, that's a theme that gets revisited over and over and over in this movie Mm -hmm. um, in a really like effective way, I would say. And just so everyone knows who and what we're talking about, Paul Dano plays the live guy who was trying to hang himself and Daniel Radcliffe plays the dead body. Um, Just so we're, we're painting a clear picture.
1: Yeah, the part where he discovers the body, you know, he he's trying to wake him up, trying to resuscitate, and then discovers that he's dead and starts talking to him because he's been alone on this... He's been marooned on this island, and so he starts talking to this body because he doesn't have anybody else to talk to.
0: Got marooned, fived. Yeah, and uh, and sicked. Well, he doesn't talk to the body on the island. Doesn't he? He ends up... Uh, the body was sort of floating off into the surf, and he... Ends up riding the body.
1: Well, at first, at first he does start talking to him, and when he farts in the middle of the conversation, he says, "That's funny." Yeah, there's that little. Okay.
0: Oh, you're talking just like little bits. Yep. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. And that
1: moment in particular, where he, where the guy farts, and he kind of laughs, and he goes, "Okay, that's funny."
0: Yeah. Yeah. He does say that. You're right. You're right. That's funny.
1: Then after a while. He's like, "This is stupid. I'm gonna kill myself," and uses the belt. Then he goes back and
2: and so he so he's he's hanging there, like he for his second attempt, and he sees the body start to like push itself out to sea through its flatulence. Um, Mark
0: trying to sugarcoat this. Like, it was it. it
2: was a, it was a, a toot. A toot? He, he tooted. He fluffed. Yeah. <laughs> he fluffed. Uh,
0: but he, <laughs> that was always the euphemism that was used in my house, Mine, too. <laughs> he fluffed.
2: You see this, like, it almost seems like, like the wheels start turning in his head, and he, like, he takes the rope off from around oh. his neck, and, and that's when he mounts the body and rides it like a jet ski.
0: Yep. Not I, even, like, a little bit of compunction there. Like, that's exactly what that's he That's exactly what happened. He rides yep. a dead body who is powered by flatulence. Through the surf. Of the Pacific Ocean. Yep. Yep. And finds himself washed up on a shore. And I should say, the whole like, oh, give it 20 minutes, that happens pretty quick, but it's like a a little hill that you climb. Yep. And you're back down at the bottom, and then you start to climb again. Right.
2: It was around that time that I knew that I didn't know what to expect
0: yeah it was
1: also around that time that i shut the movie off the first time i tried to watch it well you did not get far i did not don't like fart jokes i i i like fart jokes fine doesn't seem like it i just don't like fart jokes that last too long fart jokes are kind of like farts they're Mm. really funny Mm -hmm. but if they extend way too long false you don't want to be in that room anymore what's the metric on it
2: like 10 seconds Twenty seconds.
1: I would say twenty-five
2: they is ne- when I
0: start to get uncomfortable. They never stop. They never stop being funny. <laughs> that is, I will die on this hill. That's <laughs> fair. That's <it. laughs> okay, so he makes it to uh, to dry land.
2: Okay, he's ridden his little farting wizard. His fartsky. Um. Uh, yes. Um. Okay. Then what happens? He's 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 washed ashore. He.
1: So he's he he, oh, he washes ashore. A sea poo. You know, like a sea doo, a sea poo. But sea poo.
0: I'm with you. I'll follow that but, one. Yeah. Cause but oh, cause poop comes out of the butt, and Ex- so do farts.
1: Exactly.
0: I'm right there with you. <laughs> lock, lock step, buddy. Lock step. Um, buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> buckle up, fucko. <laughs> so he ends up uh, washed up on the shore. And it's actually kind of funny because, like, you can tell by the shore that he washes up on that it, it's definitely like a beach in the Pacific Northwest. It's it is really not...
1: no better than where he started. Well,
0: that, but I mean, it's, it's I would say, like, I would say you can tell it's not an island. Yeah. You can tell it is part of a, like, freaking continent. Yep. It is. This is not. He's no longer stuck on an island. And that's good. And what a sort of rational person would do at this point is just fucking head inland as quickly as you can to try and find help. He does not do that. No. Uh, he instead decides to bring the dead body along. And it's not really, like, totally explained why, but no. he ends up getting to a cave and holds up in a cave for a couple days, let's say. At least.
2: Like a good, like a quarter of the movie takes place in this general spot, maybe in the cave, right outside the cave. It's kind of where you're you're starting to learn that this body, Manny. Oh, We should cover. Uh, He does learn the name of this dead body. And again, honestly, I understood why I drug him into the cave. I mean, the man just rode this body, what, maybe, you know, 50 to 400 miles. Who knows? You know.
1: It's entirely plausible.
2: It's a very useful corpse. Yeah. I'm going to keep it. Fair. You know, he does what I would do.
0: Drags a dead body into a cave. You know, that's what I would do. Remind me not to go hiking. It's like, Mark... It's, uh, he's got a twinkle in his eye, and he's telling us that he has done things. Um, I didn't say I'd done it; I just said I would do it. Let's just
1: keep him well, away I, from the
0: morgue. I know, but like you know, how, like you, you say like you would do things. But you say it with that kind of like look in your eyes, like I've done this. I'm just like wink, letting wink. you know that I'm like I'm, I would do that. To feel I'm, out here, the room. I'm here. I'm on this level. Yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm trying
2: to feel out the room. I'm trying to think exactly kind of how this plays out, but he ends up doing some chest compressions on the body and he starts hearing sounds kind of come out of the body's... Well,
0: he ends up realizing that when when the body is pressed on, fresh water comes out of it.
2: Oh, yeah. That's also really weird. And super gross.
0: And very weird. Okay, y'all act like you've never drank water from a dead body before. Look, it's been years.
1: Not sober.
0: Okay, this is really in your rearview mirror. Yeah. I mean, wow. I'm out here drinking vintage dead body water, and you guys are making me feel like I need to join like some kind of a society to stop this. Is there a twelve step program now, for?
1: Well, I guess, dead as, body water. As a corpse connoisseur, what would you say is the best vintage? Just just in case I want to get back into it, du- you know, dust off that that book. I
0: would say Victorian, uh, older than Marty Feldman. Okay. Mm-hmm. Younger than Abby Normal. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So anyway, when he squeezes the corpse, (laughs) fresh water comes out and he's, you know, he had recently like put a cup out in the rain and that didn't work out. So you know what they say when, when you can't fill up your cup with rainwater you know squeeze it out of a body uh, they do say that
0: i've heard them say <laughs> they do that they say that but no it, it comes they up have the weirdest phrases they really we got to stop listening to them
2: yeah. it's definitely like a, like a gag moment like it's like a like there's like a hose like connected to the guy's mouth like it's just fountaining out he gets his his fill you know he he drinks that corpse water but again that kind of leads again to him hearing sounds and he like over,
0: runs out of water.
2: Yeah, yeah. Over the course of like I don't know five, ten minutes, we have a talking corpse, and it turns out that uh, the name of this corpse is Manny. Manny doesn't remember anything. So there's this fun bit where um Hank. where Hank is Paul
0: character. Yeah,
2: going through and kind of teaching him like this is being happy, this is being sad, you know, and all while he's like manipulating the dead man's face. that's like that's, think... like, that's
0: the lion's share of the movie is. It's Weekend sort of, at Bernie's. Is, yeah, well, well, yeah, but the sort of deeper introspection that comes along with teaching somebody something in as objective as a way as possible. Yeah. Like, it is, it is basically the exact same circumstance that you find yourself in as a parent, right? Like, as you teach your kids things, it forces you to come to terms with, why am I upholding this tradition. Why am I teaching my kid that this is okay and this is not? Does it serve a function? Does it, you know... It's like trying
1: to teach your kid that vagina is not a dirty word, but also not an appropriate name for a hamster.
0: Mm. One could argue, yes. It's more of a gerbil name. It it is more of a gerbil. No. Gerbils don't go there, friend. Gerbils go in the back door. It's Um, a
1: great name for a beaver, though. It's an alright name for a beaver. I get it.
0: But... (laughs) I get it. I feel like most of the U.S. Senate would have a really, like, good, healthy opinion on this.
3: Oh, Right. God. Uh,
0: <laughs> they got it. Anyway, as a parent, you really do find yourself in this weird circumstance where you're you're sitting there trying to, like, I'm changing my kid's diaper and they're, like, playing with their penis. And I'm trying to sit there going, like, that's yours. You can play with it as much as you want, but I gotta get your diaper on and also maybe don't play with it when we're at a restaurant. And you're trying to, like, Explain to somebody who genuinely doesn't understand why this thing is okay and this thing probably not the best course of action. And yeah. that one, that one's very straightforward, like sanitary reasons, blah blah blah. You don't want to be playing with it at a restaurant. But there are a lot that you encounter that it like forces you to genuinely question: Why am I upholding this silly tradition? Yeah. Or like, why am I? You know, like, no, you can you can wear this. You can't wear that. You can go outside and do this, but not yeah. Do why something can't I else. play
1: with myself at a restaurant?
2: It's more of a garden party thing.
0: Okay. Listen. I, okay, I'll listen, level. I'll listen. Level. Listen. Yeah, we've been over this. The lawsuit just ended. You're just inviting trouble. And it's trouble... just so hard. It's hard because you're playing with it. Oh. Yeah, yeah. This that's, is this is the problem. That's science. Uh, but I but I I think that is really like one of the major themes. Seriously, of this movie is Re, is
2: like re-experiencing.
0: Yeah, and self-reflection through trying to teach somebody else, right? Like, one of my absolute least favorite sayings in the entire world is, those who can't do, teach. That is That is one of the most vile sayings. Nobody understands content until you have to teach it to another human being. And you talk to some of the most advanced people in the world, PhDs, top of their field, they will tell you, I didn't understand this material, Truly. Until I had to explain it to somebody else. And I had to imagine myself explaining it to somebody else. And when I did that, I encountered the questions that I knew they would inevitably ask. And I had to find the answers to them. And that is true for more or less objective topics like mathematics and computer science. And it's true for social topics and things that are fluid, like social norms. And you have to decide when you're teaching somebody, like a child or you know, in the rare circumstance, somebody who has amnesia or some shit. Or a dead body. Or a dead body. um, Big dead baby. You have to figure out what your stance is because you can no longer be impartial.
1: I've encountered that a lot in my line of work where I'm trying to explain to someone why their furnace doesn't work. And I have to dumb it down into layman's terms because I have industry knowledge that they don't. And so I'm trying to explain to them...
0: The science L- of... Listen, the phalanges are broken. Your furnace, the magic smoke came out and yeah, it, no worky no more. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly like that.
0: But no, you're right. That That is a that is a, a great example as well. It's like trying to explain industry jargon to somebody who needs to understand it in order to make an informed decision, but...
1: Isn't part of the industry and it, therefore doesn't have the knowledge.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, that is true. I can, is, that is I can true. tell like,
1: you that your flame rollout switch on the bottom of your skid is not working and you would have no idea what that means... Unless I explain to you that there's a part of the furnace called a skid, and on the bottom of it there is a thing called a flame rollout switch, and that's what causes the igniter to light the flame in your furnace, and that's what gives you heat.
0: And right in the middle, there's a row. Yeah. And that's that's where Skid Row is.
2: Exactly. Right. And right.
0: Ergo, uh, Smurfs.
2: Yeah. Aragon is a book. Full callback here. Dragon. Full
0: Metal Jacket. Full.
2: Yes. Okay. Uh, It is around this time, though, in the cave scene. And shortly after, as he's kind of like teaching him everything, just a small question gets asked. And it's sort of it's like a hint to the the, the bigger subplot of the movie. The corpse asks him, I haven't heard you fart yet. It's called out that like all of these funny, quirky, disgusting things that like the corpse is doing to like help them get uh, from point A to point B and, you know, all these things that that they're learning. You know, Hank is not exhibiting any of these things. You know, Hank's not farting. He's not being disgusting. He's not being, you know, ridiculous. He's not asking these really naive questions. And you start to kind of pick up that the story has many layers to it. And on the outside, it's gross. It's disgusting. But as you as you start to peel back those layers as this movie goes on, it's actually very heartwarming and relatable in a very unrelatable, grotesque way.
0: Yeah, sort of that Hank is abiding by this sort of do as I say, not as I do. Type philosophy, right? Because he's he's met that demon of, okay, am I going to transfer the same type of shame that I feel when I fart to this unsuspecting, you know, corpse who knows nothing? And I, I think I loved the quote that came out of that particular circumstance. He says, If my friend hides his farts for me, what else is he hiding? And why does that make me feel so alone?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And like, I, That That, one punches you in the gut a little bit. In, like, the weirdest fucking way, because it's the dumbest fucking quote out of context. But in the movie, you're sitting there and you're like, yeah, I kind of get that, actually. Like, here's this guy who's fucking, like, he's literally not farting in front of you, and that shows something. You don't know what it is because you're brand new in the world, but you know it has to have some type of bearing on trust. So you know that he's hiding something from you. Is he hiding something else? And if somebody's hiding something from you and you don't know what it is, that does make you feel lonely. That does make you feel like that person can't trust you, can't abide in you. And it's it's a really, like, heavy feeling for a person, or in this case a corpse, to have. And they explore it through, like, the most absurd fucking content, right? Like, I, I really, really enjoyed that. It the, really um,
1: shows that corpses are people, too.
0: That's what they tell me.
1: Yeah.
2: The the mechanism by which this movie delivers the feels is so surprising, but I'm definitely here for it. Um, I think the the next little chunk we can kind of, like, sum up by, like, kind of throwing out the bits and pieces, like, where they're continually kind of, like, running into uh, obstacles just in the terrain, and the, the corpse is just doing random shit. You know, like, they find that if they, like, snap his fingers together, like... If he stretches his arms together in such a way it, like, shoots a spark out, and so he can use that to, like, make fire.
0: They also fall into this ravine, and I think spend the, the sort of lion's share of the movie in the ravine, unable to get out. They sort of fall down into it, mm-hmm. and kind of build a, a home and encampment in this ravine. And yeah. it's, it's, their, their interactions become more and more, like, again, human. S- it sounds so weird to say it out loud, but, like, human, but also, like, kind of flirtatious. Yeah. And, like, like
2: well they're exploring elements of love and he's explaining kind of yes. what love is and one part of the the, the catalyst to that is they find the sports illustrated magazine and um oh wow yeah that was a whole weird sequence too um but the the magazine is on the ground and the corpse happens to be on the ground with its face pointed toward the magazine i'm, I'm going to talk about the corpse it's it's a character in this movie it's very much a character but as I talk about it, I, I, I just refer to it as a corpse just to try to illustrate the scene. But anyway, dude's talking about how he feels looking at the the Sports Illustrated magazine, and he's kind of describing what masturbation is. And again, it's gross, but it's heartwarming.
0: But it's gross in that sort of like... It's only it's, gross
1: because we say it is.
0: Yeah, that's that's exactly right. It's gross because society dictates that it's gross. It's gross because... Society dictates that masturbation is not allowed. It is not okay. It is something to be ashamed of. And he even tells the story that it's just like, it's a devastating story about how basically like his father caught him with some of this sort of um, risque material, a porno mag of some flavor and scolded him. Horribly for it, and basically said, you know, he did. He's his father wasn't a religious man. His father wasn't, uh, um, you know, didn't believe in in that, you know, hoopla of like, you know, you're hey, gonna go blind. You keep doing grow that hair on your hand. Yeah, you're gonna keep doing that. You go blind. And I would always say, you know, no, Dad, I'm over here. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, but he, you know, his dad didn't believe in any of that shit. So he 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 approached it in like like terms of physics. He's like basically like every time you do that, you expend energy. So ultimately, what you're doing is taking you know time off your life every time you masturbate while this kid paul dano's character as a youngster gets like just absolutely crushed he's terrified of his own body now and he's sobbing thinking that he's like killing himself every time he does something that is like in rank order probably like seventh or eighth on like most natural things to do but his
1: his mom tries to comfort him by saying well honey i'm 40 and you're 11 and every time you masturbate you get a little bit older and eventually you'll catch up to me and we can die and be together We can
0: die on the same day
1: we can die on the same day
0: which is like super fucked up but also like kind of sweet yeah you can get that on a hallmark card <laughs> yeah. it's like it is yeah. kind of sweet in like the in the way of like calming down a kid's mind after it's just been like, Totally obliterated. Steamrolled by arbitrary societal norms.
1: So Hank decides that even though masturbating makes him feel good and happy, it also makes him think of his mom, who shortly after that conversation dies when he's very young. So now when he masturbates, he thinks about his mom, and he's telling Manny all of this. Well, Manny
0: put that together. Yeah, (laughs) and
1: so Manny's response is, Hank, when I masturbate, I'm going to think about your mom.
0: Right. That's a very like, it's a kind thing for a friend to do. Yeah. Don't, don't you two do that, but,
1: well, but theori- maybe, maybe theoretically, maybe Stacy's mom. I mean, she's I, she's going got it on. going on. That's yeah. a fact. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. Um, I, it basically like, it's like her neck and neck with Jesse's girl.
1: Yeah. What yep. if Stacy's mom is Jesse's girl?
0: I mean, the timelines sync up. I'm just saying. Okay, we're changing the nature of this podcast. It is no longer a movie podcast. We are getting to the bottom of the Jesse's girl, Stacey's mom conundrum.
1: I bet that Stacey's mom is Jesse's girl. Her name is Jenny, and her number is eight six seven five three zero
0: nine. I've got that number.
1: <gasps> Inception. <Whoa.
0: laughs> Inception. That's all. You... <laughs> Inception. <laughs> do, you think, do you think Jenny has a
2: Morton's toe? You don't know that. Oh. you'll never know. She'll never tell you. It's true. She, she'll, she'll never tell a you. A gentleman never asks. Well, and a lady never
1: tells. She changed the number, so now, now we'll never know. know.
2: Yeah. Um, again, so they're 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 stuck in this pit. You guys remember we watched this movie? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, they continue to like learn weird things about this corpse. Like he can he can shoot projectiles by like stuffing things down the the corpse's Manny's
1: mouth. <laughs> Slamming him on the um, back. Yeah.
0: Should we just like list all of his, yeah, uh, his, yeah, his, yeah, his yeah. abilities that the he discovered? Okay, so his, he, he is Swiss army man, which is never said in the movie No. Once. That he says several times multi purpose tool guy, which is amazing. <laughs> um and and these are his abilities.
2: Uh so he's got the uh the, the flatulence that,
0: that pushes him through the ocean. He's got
1: the magic fire-starting fingers that, when they snap, he can spark.
0: He's got karate chop action.
2: Oh yeah, because he can cut logs and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's got the projectile mouth, like uh, he can shoot rocks like bullets, or like even a um, grappling hook. Yeah, stuff down his throat.
0: It's basically the same like loading and deployment mechanism as like every. Childhood toy action figure that had a gun or a cannon or a launcher. Yeah, if of some Manny kind, had a button, push on his it back
1: in. it would be a GI
0: Joe. Yeah, you push it in, it clicks, and then you pull something, and it goes. Poof!
2: Right, right. Um, he's. I don't know if you'd call this a power, but there are many times where he is used to soften the blow of a fall. Yeah, you know? that's a power.
1: Um, he has a magic compass.
0: He does oh, have a magic compass. He does.
1: He, he has he, a magic cum piss.
2: Yeah, he. Uh, it, it helps him kind of point the direction to to get back home.
1: The direction.
2: The d de- erection. Erection. We're
1: talking about a penis. His compass is his dick.
0: Yep. He's, his wee wee is Jack Sparrow's compass. Yep. Uh, to be fair, so is mine. It points to what I like. It's true. That's nasty. Uh, Why is that's that nasty, how Mark? that's how wee wees work, Mark. You don't know where it's been? Anything. I assure you I know where it's been. Like like 85% of the time I know I where it's been. I remember most of the places it's been. <laughs> What's the 20%? Okay, it's 15%, sir. And mine might be 20. I it's that's more of a blemish on my mind and not my bits, okay? blemish on the bits. The, that's the, a fact.
2: The, well, when 15% of the time you don't know where it is, you end up getting a
0: blemish on your bits. Well, that's what that penicillin is, is for. That's possible, yeah. That's what mm-hmm. penicillin is for. Mm-hmm. Moldy
1: bread. So he's got the the, 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 it, the. Wait, is
0: moldy bread because of penicillin or moldy bread because of the penis? The wee wee is the loaf of is the baguette.
1: Moldy bread is penicillin. Yes, search which your is Heart. what you would use to fix
0: your moldy to bread. To
1: fix your moldy bread. Okay, okay. I'm
0: with it. so just like a blanket moldy bread. Yep, I like that. Inception. Inception. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Does that this- cover all the
2: powers? Uh
0: fresh water from his mouth. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Like like some kind of well.
0: Yeah, like a spigot. Um <laughs> also we there are sort of spig-get. like combo powers where like the the snapping of the fingers to make a spark combined
1: with the flatulence. Combined
0: with the flatulence. Yeah. Makes
1: flamethrower. More
0: or less a flamethrower, yeah. And you know what his greatest oh, power of all? Uh no, he's got tons of other powers that they did in the montage. Fucking shapes with his teeth. Oh, oh yeah. my God. Yeah, that was really
2: Dude, uncomfortable
0: was, for me. Yep. So. I enjoyed it.
2: You got a man, like, grabbing a dead head and, like, just rubbing his face up against his. Yep. Nanny's
0: teeth. Don't you yuck my yum. Don't you yuck my yum. Uh, I'm
2: just saying that's not the method I use. I'm more of a bick. You guy. use a live
0: guy's teeth.
2: Well, maybe. That's how I've always done it. You do what you gotta do when you're in the bush.
0: <laughs> Wait, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Which, which bush
2: we talking about here, sir? You know the bush. No, 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 no. no. You You've seen a, the you bush. You put a fine point on that. <laughs> You've seen the bush. The
0: bush. <laughs> Crocodile Dundee 2. W. <laughs> Electric um. Boogaloo.
2: <laughs> okay. What else? What else? What else we got?
0: Uh. What else? He he does actually use his teeth for other things like crunching stuff and cutting things. Yeah. Um, cutting rope breaking nuts. Yeah. And no joke, I think. Oh, he used his head to smash stuff. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um there was one part where he actually like folded Manny in half and used him as sort of a spring-loaded like, like a springboard. Yeah, to to push this big rock out of the way.
0: He also used his launching powers to hunt and took off a raccoon's head once. Yeah. And oh, he yeah. Took off at least like took out like at least 5 fish. Could. And, Eight a couple like, birds too. Eight like kings. Oh yeah. I mean, kings that hunt with corpse loaded rocket launchers. Which you know, I mean, it's a, basic, musket. That's a musket. Basically, what a musket was loaded
2: corpse. I mean, that's exactly what a musket was. <laughs> really, corpse.
0: this this movie exactly. was this movie was made by trees, and in the same way that we would use trees as muskets, they wanted to see what it would look like to use a human as a firearm. <laughs> I feel like I feel M Night like Shyamalan. M Night Shyamalan. I was so
1: confused.
2: Where are, going going where are you with going? That? I feel like you the opened ch- a door. You walked <laughs> in an empty room and you looked around <laughs> and
0: then, like you just kind felt of, like set with it. The, ch- the change, like what was the cha- what was the fucking M Night Shyamalan movie with the trees that jizzed all over people and killed them? The what
2: happen- are you talking about? The happening.
0: The happening. I said the changeling. The changing, the changing of the underpants. This
1: what? Th- I... No. Wow. I did not know that was a thing.
0: Yeah. Well, trees kill people. You should, and You should. And you should watch that. I'm not Shyamalan documentary, and oh. you would have a new appreciation for a Swiss Army man. I digress. What else happened in the movie? <laughs> wow.
2: Okay. Um, another big chunk. Big chunkus. A big chunkus here is the love story. We haven't talked about any of the romantic. That's elements. true. Uh, dude's got a cell phone with a picture of a chick on it. Yeah. And they give a name to this chick, uh, this lady, this woman. Laura. This
0: person. Laura Dern.
1: Oh,
2: yeah, there's this recurring bit, too, where they're, like, humming the Jurassic Park theme song. It's <laughs> oh, so good. It comes up. And that's, that's where the Laura Dern came from. And actually,
0: yeah. like, Laura Dern's name is said. Multiple times? Three or four times. Yeah. Uh, no, her name is Sarah, Sarah Johnson. Johnson. Right, right.
2: But this this was another like heartwarming aspect. This is like kind of where they're they're stuck in the pit. And they kind of create this like little. They build a like, home
1: camp. and they build a little bus and a little car. Yeah, That's how my
0: wife and I met. We got stuck in a pit together and we're just like, let's build a bus. Make the best of it. Yeah. So you built a bus. They built a bus. Yep. Uh, it did not. build it was not a that successful bus,
1: business. You know. I found my wife on the internet. What
0: was she searching for on the internet? I don't want to know. Oh. Because she found me. My wife's oh. on the internet all the time, too. That's oh fair. It's, it's an addiction.
1: Yeah. Whoa. Anyway. Amazon.
2: So, they built the boss. <laughs> <laughs> With the boss.
0: He went uh, full on Kingston. <laughs> 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 so, they built the boss. And uh... on the
1: bus, they had the many memories. <laughs> er, everything gonna be Irie.
2: Yeah. Uh, but no, this <laughs> is actually kind of heartwarming because they, they keep kind of running through this moment where they're meeting Sarah for the first time. And you think in this moment that perhaps Sarah was Manny's girlfriend when he was alive. And they're just kind of playing through um infatuation and what that feels like and and kind of how it affects you, and um, they're just exploring human elements in a very weird way.
0: Yeah, I think they, like, sort of get into the intoxication that comes along with, with infatuation, right? Like, the first time you meet somebody and you become totally totally infatuated with them, it's a little like being drunk, right? It clouds your judgment, oh, you yeah. can't think about things correctly, you know, you have a tendency <laughs> to hyper-focus, um, it's a very strong feeling, and it's done in this sort of, like, unusual setting where Paul Dano's character Hank is basically trying to explain this feeling this this sensation to Manny Dana Radcliffe's character by reenacting Sarah getting on the bus every day which is where Paul Dano sees her where Hank sees her and it sort of like it keeps going and it keeps getting like more and more real and they bring in more and more elements to try to like fill out the story. And by the end of it it has become so real that like there develops almost like a flirtatious nature between the two of them. And Paul Dano is almost sort of like, you know, I, I I'm gonna say wearing two hats, even though that's like a bit on the nose because he's quite literally like dressing up in, in yeah, drag. Sort of wearing a wig and like taking it off and he's himself and he puts it on and he's Sarah. And it's it's
2: would you call it bush drag?
0: Bush, yeah. Bush drag. I like that. <laughs> I would go to a bush drag show. Oh yeah. Unless a Bush drag show meant a drag show where they only sold Bush beer.
3: Oh,
2: fuck that.
0: In which case, I would probably stage a protest outside that venue. Yep. And I would say, get some good beer. Not everybody likes Bush. And we'll talk. Not everybody likes Bush.
2: Um, beer. And... Mark's
0: talking because he's been Bush whacked.
2: Yeah. Oh, you don't whack that Bush.
0: (laughs) You don't whack that Bush.
1: Um... (laughs) No, like it, it Don't you like...
0: impose your societal norms on me. Right. Just
1: say it. It makes everything else look grander. The bush?
0: Yeah, it's true. I got I got an extra quarter of an inch. Mm. Let me cut that part out. It's just the tip? Just the tip. It's a half inch. Call it a circumcision. Cir-
1: <laughs> I swear to God, Mark is the only thing holding this together right now. <laughs> hold on tight, Mark. Hold on tight. Clench it. Okay. Put a cork in it. So they get out of the pit, and then what happens? So uh, Hank shoves a plunger with some sort of, like, home-fashioned grappling hook down Manny's throat, punches him square in the back, and launches the grappling hook onto this sort of pipe thing, and that's how they get out of the pit, right? So then they're... I shouldn't say they're walking because Hank is the only one walking and he's dragging Manny behind him like a sled. Correct. Uh, But... Or are they baby borning it now? I think he's baby-bjorning it, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, so Manny is tied to Hank's back and they're walking and talking and, you know, experiencing life together, experiencing death together. And they're sitting around a campfire And Hank is talking about how his dad never remembered his birthday, and so Hank set up this automated V-card, that or E-card, that would... Definitely uh, an
0: E-card, not a V-card. See, I was
1: thinking virtual card.
0: I'm with you. Yeah,
1: yeah. I regret it, but it happened. Were you thinking the V-chip? Yes! Is that what it is? Yeah, so anyway... Um, sets up an e card so that his dad will always, you know, automatically send a birthday card to him.
0: So amazingly depressing. Very. Like that was a that was like actually like kind like, of a challenging. That thing. one hurt me a little. Scene to watch. Like.
1: Um. And then you know they're they're bonding, right? They're they're having this this bro moment, and he sneaks off to check the phone, and the phone has bars, and he has reception because they're near the road, they're approaching civilization, help is in sight, and he goes to tell manny hey this phone it's mine it's not yours this picture is not your girlfriend it's some girl i saw on the bus one day and manny was like hey i have something to tell you too there's a giant raccoon that's eating all our food and they <laughs> look over and it's a fucking brown bear
0: is there, there bear no good is there bear no good <laughs> um so, okay little aside here if you guys ever seen a shaved bear. Dude,
1: that shit is spooky. They
0: are not what you think they look that like. That is some
1: Halloween fuck around and find yeah. out shit. Yeah, they,
0: I don't like it. Is no, you don't. Have you seen it? Yeah, it's it's not okay.
2: Well, it's like a hamster, cute. One of them like bald looking, like, naked mole rat. Yeah, naked mole rat. Not or, yeah. cute.
0: It is no, it is. It's like a it's like a naked mole rat meets like a rat meets like a way 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 oversized hairless raccoon. Yeah. With,
2: with a full tank of nightmare fuel. That they, j-
0: j- they is ju- ju- crazy. Is, like they're they're smaller than they look. Um with all their fur makes them look poofy, as Manny from Ice Age would say. Yep. Which is a slightly different movie than this movie. But good God. Nightmare fuel.
1: Oh yeah. And well and they have tufts of fur in terrifying places. Like they have fucking eyebrows. That shit spooks me. Cause they're naked everywhere else.
0: I've got fur in low places. Bush. <laughs> don't know where I was going with that. I don't I don't listen to country, so That's about all I've got. It all comes back to the bush. It's all coming back. It's all coming back to me now. Okay, so
2: what happens with this bear?
1: So, Manny is watching Hank get dragged away by the bear. And they're having this introspective conversation. Oh, I should say... Pre-bear. Hank uses Manny and his... Flamethrower propulsion system to rocket fuel themselves up into a tree. Away from the bear. Away from the bear. And they think that they've achieved safety. And they're having this introspective moment because Manny now knows that Sarah is not his girlfriend. He has no reason to live and he thinks he's trash. Um, Hank falls out of the tree and gets attacked by the bear. And the bear drags him off and. You know, Hank is just staring at Manny. Manny falls out of the tree as well. Sorry, I'm going kind of lightning quick here. And Manny finds the will to move on his own and controls his own limbs.
2: And he gets dr- up, like walks. Like,
1: like yeah, well, he kind stands of up and then falls over and drags himself to the fireplace and then rolls and farts into the fire, propels himself forward and just is this flaming ball of fury that scares the ever living shit out of the bear who drops Hank and moves on.
2: Dude's got a spicy that's, anus. That's physics.
1: That's science.
0: Uh so my absolute favorite quote from that interaction that they have in the tree. I know we're kind of interspersing our quotes this time but goddamn it's so it's so apt. And like I feel like I could tear this apart and find the the true piece in it right but it's also kind of funny objectively manny says to hank maybe we're all just ugly useless sacks of shit (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is like so amazing but it's poignant it is honestly like objectively
1: it's funny but introspectively it's actually pretty deep maybe
0: we kind of are like (laughs) it's like let me think about that for a minute and get back to you and then you try to get back to them and you're like God, I'm having a real tough time refuting this.
1: So in that scene... <laughs> an- we're all just ugly, useless sacks of shit. In that scene, there's <laughs> another quote that I absolutely love that I had to write down because Hank goes off of that and says, you know, something to the effect of, you know, we're, we're all shit and I'm going to die and shit myself and then my shit's going to shit and my cells are going to shit themselves and I'm just all gonna be shit and he's saying this with a smile on his face and and manny says you know that's that's beautiful your cells are gonna shit and everything's gonna be shit and then hank says someday your shit is gonna meet up with my shit so we have something to look forward to
0: an amazingly optimistic way to look at nihilism (laughs) so you really want to dissect nihilism like this. This is the way.
1: Shit, and all of our shit pools together. This is how to
0: make that glass half full of, of shit. shit. <laughs> pooping. Um, and also. Ugly, useless sacks of shit. That's a band out there somewhere. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm getting callbacks of like uh, Wayne's World with the Shitty Beatles. Oh yeah. I feel like the Shitty Beatles in the late '90s changed their name. They were trying to they were trying to emulate the Bare Naked Ladies, and they changed their their name Why to Ugly, f- useless sacks of shit. Why
1: do I feel like Ugly, useless sacks of shit played the bagpipes and the accordion?
0: To be fair, most Scottish folk music also plays the accordion and the bagpipes. Right. And they just they were like a Bare Naked Ladies ripoff. With bagpipes and accordion, yeah, like, give the, i give that. I would go and see that. I would too. I would. I would go and see that. So we're saying that the Scottish ripped it off the bare naked ladies, like as a At, whole, as they are wont to do.
1: That's why the bare naked ladies are bare naked. <laughs> wow. wow. That's why everybody wants to go to Scotland. <clears throat> uh, tribute bands,
0: <laughs> Tri- tribute bands
2: to the bare
3: naked ladies.
2: Okay, so fought a bear. Existential moment, yada yada yada.
0: We should get back to the movie because yeah, Mark, yeah. Mark's summing up his life right now, and that's it's, true. was well, that just too. that too. <laughs> fought a bear. Existential moment. What's I mean, that? that was 2009. Okay. I thought um, that was gonna make noise, but it didn't. Ooh! Oh no 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 no! Yeah! Oh no no! <laughs> a
2: bit of a woofler. Um, <laughs> a woofler. <laughs>
0: Good God!
2: So after the bear scene, they they find civilization. They stumble into a backyard that not like, any
0: backyard sarah's
1: backyard right
2: because the director said so
1: she is like a child
2: comes out sees manny and 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 hank just exhausted on the ground and like this little kid comes out you know what's wrong with his face and it's like just kind of asking questions kid goes inside real quick mom comes out it's it's sarah i think we can kind of wrap up the narrative because it it goes real crazy here for a minute as like they call the paramedics in he goes through this kind of period where he's recognizing that like the life that he left behind is in his eyes objectively worse than the life that he had been experiencing through manny through through his adventure so as the paramedics or the 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 coroner really is is wrapping up manny's corpse you see Hank kind of run back over there and pulls him out of the body bag and, and drags him right back into the forest
0: in, in tandem his father shows up and he's trying to avoid him and they discover the phone with pictures of Sarah Sarah and they show it to her and she's like mortified mortified, mortified yeah. that these two guys one dead show up all disheveled in her yard with pictures of her on the on their phone
1: yeah that would freak me out
2: Yeah, objectively unsettling you know
0: For most people. Yeah. Most. It's not painted with a broad brush here. Right. Right. We don't want to turn people off.
2: What happens next? He's, uh.
0: So he basically steals Manny's body again and runs off into the forest with it while everybody is chasing him. And. They come across the ravine where they built their little life together. and And. It's fat. Like, it's done in such an amazing way because, like, they don't show anything that they haven't shown before everything has been shown but the lighting is different the music is different everything is different and you realize how like objectively unsettling the scene the scene was like it is deeply deeply disturbing and he keeps running and they keep chasing him and he makes it to the shore and he ends up getting arrested. And in sort of a um, kind of a testament to who he's become, he ends up farting loud and proud and everybody is disgusted. Yeah, it's and so weird. he ends up like claiming it. And he's like, that was me. No, I I, I mean, I think. It yes, was a beautiful moment, though. It's weird and it's silly, but at the same time. It's the lesson of the movie. It is. It is. It's, you know, be yourself. Own who you are. Don't hold in your farts, basically. Right. Um, which I'm getting tattooed, by the way, next yeah. week. Yeah. Um,
1: Dan, Cedric, Kaylee, Raphael, those are all the... Uh, Grandpa Jack, definitely Grandpa Jack. Mike, oh, Mike Grandpa Tyson. Jack's already got this one. Mike yeah. Tyson. Oh, and Mike Tyson. Will it, will, will it into existence.
0: We've got five words in this. So what I'm thinking is, me, you two, and two lucky listeners, the first two to send us emails, each one of us will get one of these words tattooed on them. Yeah. Don't hold in your farts i like it mm. um because it it ends up staying in you travels down and inflates your second toe and that's what causes morton toes
2: Actually, you know what if you're in the car with me hold your farts in you animal you're welcome sorry i'm not, I'm not gonna do that sorry. you liked it I'm gonna ruin the whole moment
1: <laughs> um anyway four hours in the car and i just made it better yeah. i'm just saying
0: it's yeah. called it's called marinating mark yeah okay? and it's what you do yeah it's gross uh, but it is, it is kind of it is like kind of nice with the the that scene as weird and as stupid and as silly as it sounds the fact that he sort of like is comfortable enough in his own skin to do that shows like what he sort of learned and developed through this like objectively heinous process of like playing with a corpse. And we've all been there. The sort of dropping of the veil that happens when he's in her backyard and we start to see things through other people's eyes other than Hank and Manny. That veil remains down right up until after he farts. And then he's basically being led away and they start hearing more farting. And Daniel Radcliffe's character is the one farting. And he ends up basically taking off into the surf. And like launching himself into the ocean, into the sunset, more with or
1: less, with a giant smile on his
0: face.
2: Oh, and that's where one of one of my quotes comes in. It's it's the last line in the entire movie, and I feel like it puts a cap on it quite nicely. Sarah's character, like the, the camera, kind of just zooms in on her face and just says, you know, what the fuck? <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: and that's the last thing you hear for the whole movie. Which is amazing. It like really don't like, really was.
0: What did you just watch? I love to find the meaning in in shit like that, but it's also fun to just like step back and be like, okay, this this is pretty <laughs> fucked up. Like yeah, this is this is like just
1: like we had an emotional response to a man playing around with a farting corpse that could start fires.
0: Hashtag cinema.
2: Mhm. Mhm. Um. Was there anything about this movie that you didn't like? I know for me personally, no. I think I I liked all of it because like the way that this movie was set up, it's I I almost feel like it's it's immune to criticism. Like if you get the message, provided you get the message, it's almost immune to criticism because all of like the accoutrement feed the narrative quite well. You know, am I gonna am I gonna nitpick the little nuances to this movie? No, I I I think if you're gonna accept, that's
0: not a believable fart launch, right?
2: Right? Yeah, I. I really enjoyed it. I, I really couldn't criticize anything about it.
0: There's not a lot I don't like either. Um, I mean, what I, what about what we did like? I, mean, what I should say, Jackson, is there anything that you didn't like?
1: Um, Again, I would say I wouldn't watch this movie if it were just me and I wanted to throw on a movie. Hit shuffle, pick a movie, right? If this came on, I would probably hit the button again. Even because, now? I mean, not now that I've seen it. Right but having people with you that can appreciate the humor that can appreciate the laughs that can laugh with you that you can look at and say what the fuck you know that i think is important to this film
0: yeah i agree i agree there are some movies that are enhanced by group watch and i think this is one of them
1: so in terms of what i didn't like i didn't like this movie when i had nobody to watch it with
0: it's like your penis
1: Exactly.
0: You don't like it when there's there's nobody around to play with it. Exactly. When it's Just you. It's
1: not. You're, you're, nearly you're sitting as there
0: just shaving time off your life. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: Is there anything we did like? Uh, I okay. I like the fact that this movie
2: was such a random collection of bits and pieces that came together in a way that left me feeling both like entertained, but also like I mean, pensive. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't know if I say I learned anything, but like it added to me. You know, this is something that I'll, that I'll, I'll marinate on for a little bit, and I think I, I gained something from, from the experience.
0: I honestly think I like, as somebody who can and frequently does communicate exclusively through movie quotes, I think this movie, like, I did take a lot of, a lot away from it in that respect. Whereas, like, sometimes even if you're not. <laughs> outwardly saying a movie quote, if your mind works the way my mind works, you oftentimes find yourself like finding a quote you can relate to and then putting it in your own words, right? And some of these uh, or a, a quote that describes a situation, perhaps. And some of these really, you know, I think strike home, like, you know, if my friend hides his farts, uh, what else is he hiding? And why does that make me feel so alone? Like, I think putting off, putting a point on the fact that like people hiding things makes you feel alone, I think that's like a, that's a bridge that a lot of people who haven't spent a great deal of time doing introspection would yeah. would maybe miss. Like I understand that you hiding something from me bothers me. I understand that it it frustrates me. But why? Why is it frustrating me? Well, it makes you feel like that person isn't truly with you. Yeah. It makes you feel it makes you feel like that person is something different and the the confidence that you've sort of imbued on them isn't reciprocated and that makes you feel very alone people do not like feeling alone and that's not necessarily a conclusion that many people could come to by themselves if it's not explicitly called out in a circumstance right in front of their eyes like this and it's called out in a silly way but it's it's meaningful and powerful at least to me um
1: well a, a a quote that really resonated with me from this movie is poop is when your body takes everything it doesn't want and squeezes it out of your butt, mm. and and I I, I think powerful. that's really powerful yeah. because, I mean, look at your life. Look at the things that you've thrown away. Look at look at the people that you've decided not to associate with because they're toxic.
0: There are plenty of people I have squeezed out of my butt because I wanted nothing more to do with them. Mm. That's poop. That's poop. That, poop. that is poop.
1: That's poop.
0: That is poop. Yeah. It is it is like you know. In the in the sort of like dichotomous description of the universe, everything is either poop or not poop. Right. And so it is it is a it's an helpful exercise like, to be like, like you guys. This is the, this is the part of my life that's poop, and as much poop as I can just get out of the proverbial anus that is my life, the better. Right. Because my body will feel better when there's when there's less poop.
1: Right. That's, like that's like true. like to me, you guys, not poop.
0: Thanks, buddy. Yeah, well,
1: I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, that means a lot to me.
0: This right here, this is friendship, guys. Yeah. This is, uh, this is not poop. This is not poop. You know what? I just had
2: a thought. This is a, not poop.
0: Another band. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this, this is not poop.
2: This is not poop. Yeah. Uh, the encore. Just this is poop. Yep. <laughs> the quotes.
1: It's a shitty band.
2: It's a really shitty band. There's, there's another movie that, that I kind of uh, am drawing connections to now that I hadn't really thought about. Brigsby Bear. Oh yeah!
0: In that, like, it takes oh, these like yeah. weird, just almost like seeming like
2: random I like moments.
0: I would definitely moments. put
1: those two movies on the same shelf.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. No. You're. You're. That's a really good connection. Like, Especially with like the whole like character who doesn't know anything and literally has to relearn the world. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or is or is looking at the world with fresh eyes.
2: Yeah. There's a lot of similarities that I, I just kind of put that together.
0: Um. That's a good connection.
2: Yeah. Um. What other kind of quotes do we have? Is there anything else you guys are saying? That was on? all of mine.
0: Sorry. Real quick. As far as stuff that we liked, I just like, I'm going to hit each of these points because I think it's, yeah, yeah I'm not going to belabor it, but so, I think as far as directing is concerned, oh, this is, phenomenal. this is one of the, I'd put this in my top tier as far as directing in a very serious sense. Like the, the content is silly. The movie is goofy, but quite literally like one of the best directed movies I can think of. The acting was superb, and this mm-hmm. is th- this is where I'm going to draw the big parallels um, with Castaway. Is if you can make a movie, like I, I say this oftentimes, as a testament to Tom Hanks's acting ability, you can make a movie that has ostensibly one character and make that movie entertaining, and have that character invent another fucking character, and you care about that you know inanimate or quasi inanimate character that's also in the movie. What an amazing testament to the directing and the acting.
1: Yeah, I mean, who didn't get upset when he threw Wilson away?
0: Well, he didn't throw him away. Oh, you're, you're when he yeah 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 no, but when Wilson floated away, oh, like yeah. you keep keep sharp objects and firearms away from me because that that shit fucking that hits deep and that's that is really like. It doesn't end on the same somber note as Castaway does with the sort of, like, inanimate object that's sort of feeding somebody's mind and their introspection and their their understanding of themselves, but you get the same type of feels watching both. So I, I there are a lot of parallels between this and, and Castaway, and again, with the phone constantly looking at Sarah, right, like Tom Hanks constantly looking at Helen Hunt, except instead of a phone It's losing its battery. He's using a flashlight and clicking it on and off so the battery stays. Um, The writing was absolutely outstanding. The score and soundtrack make this movie. Oh, very memorable. They they literally set the tone for your understanding of when the things that are being done are charming, delightful. um, Serious. and, And serious. Macabre. And when it's actually like, Really fucked up and like, okay, wow, this person actually has like deep-seated mental issues Yeah, and I, we need to get into a mental health professional like post-haste.
1: There's a song that he hums over and over and over and they sort of like transpose lyrics here and there depending on the situation. And to him, it's, it's a song that his mom used to sing that he doesn't remember the words to. So he's just sort of like making things up and filling in the gaps, which is this like really deep reflective bit. But there are other times when they are singing the theme song from Jurassic Park, which is which brings you right back to the silly. Yeah, because it's like, all right, this is dumb. But when they sing the theme song to Jurassic Park, it is trying to evoke the same emotion as you felt when you saw that Brontosaurus for the first time. Those moments are when they sing that Jurassic Park theme. Like, for example when they stumble into Sarah's yard, Manny starts singing the Jurassic Park theme. <laughs> right. Because they've just stumbled on the Brontosaurus. They've rescued themselves. They've reached civilization. It's this big peak.
0: Which I, I put that in. I put the Jurassic Park, like the constantly touching on Jurassic Park as like an inside joke with the audience. I I put that in the intangibles. Yeah. Like I think that is, that is such an amazing intangible thing that the directors decided to inject that just fucking worked beautifully. Oh, yeah. Um, In addition to that, the Jurassic Park thing gave me what is one of my favorite quotes from any movie ever in the history of forever, which is, if you don't know Jurassic Park, you don't know shit. (laughs) (laughs) And this was, as you can imagine... This was Hank scolding Manny for not knowing what the fuck Jurassic Park is, which is one of the first things that he does. He fucking, like... S-
1: scolds a dead man.
0: He does for not knowing Jurassic Park.
1: A quote from Jurassic Park that applies to this movie is, life always finds a way.
0: Mm-hmm. It does. Even if you implement the lysine contingency. Yeah. Um, special effects, not something that, like, was rampant in this movie, but present and had no business being as good as it was i agree like, i mean, it just like it yeah. looked good like I think it, it was all
2: practical too or almost almost entirely almost practical. All well of them well
0: were practical but the but the special like the um the the cg that was present yes, yes a lot of the one, a lot of it was practical they just shot on site and it looked good but a lot of the that was like the like him riding in the water that was probably a practical it looked good for that reason but then like him firing the fucking thing out of his mouth you know, was was probably CG and it looked fucking amazing. You mean Daniel um,
1: Radcliffe didn't actually spit a grappling hook like 30 feet into the air?
0: I'm not willing to stake my reputation on
2: that. Dude, I wonder how many Daniel Radcliffe, like... like Dummies? Yeah, existed.
0: Uh, quite a few, as I understand it. I, I did actually watch a little bit. It was one of Dana Radcliffe, like, you know, on YouTube, like, recounting his movie roles. And this movie came up, and he did talk about all of the sort of... Um, the Yeah, like, the the dummies and the cast they made of his face and all that shit. And, like, they, they showed, while he was describing this, you know, a, a sort of film role of him kind of, you know, chumming up with his dead body, like, body double. It is is pretty good. That's awesome. Um, I'm sorry. I, I I just I felt like I had to get through each of those things because I felt like each was so... It's worth it. It's a yeah. It's really fucking punchy.
1: And yeah. I would say if this movie had a different director, it wouldn't have landed the way it did.
0: No, no.
1: I mean, if you were to if you were to shoot this movie with, say, Mike Flanagan or the Russo brothers or Kevin Feige, I mean, like anybody present in Hollywood today, it would be a totally different movie and it would flop hard.
0: I don't know any of the people you just named, but I can confidently say that it would be shit with anybody else directing it. Yeah. Well yeah, I think Spielberg that... would make a fucking mess of this movie. This yes, yeah. that's I love the beauty Spielberg. Of this no knocking on Spielberg, but the... This is
2: that's, that's the beauty of this movie. This movie felt like like you go like every every kitchen has one. You got a junk drawer. But this movie is basically you go, you pull out your junk drawer, and you dump it out onto the table, and you see a, a fucking Monet there. Like, that's mm-hmm. what this is. Like, yeah. it's it's a collection of just random shit that has no business being together that somehow creates art. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah that's a good way of putting it. Oh. Um, did we have any more quotes that we wanted to poke around in? Um,
2: My quote takes place a little bit earlier in the movie, but I think it kind of, like, sums up his relationship with the relationship between Hank and um and Manny. Manny says, Is this crying? It's wet and uncomfortable. And I, I it just kinda jumped out at me, you know, because it I think it captured how Hank is somewhat of a of a Sherpa for Manny as he experiences life. You know, so there's all these like just basic human moments that are that are just new to him, you know.
0: Yeah, and, like, like, kind of back to, like, the having kids thing, right? It's, like, when your kids experience something for the first time, especially something negative, and you're just like, oh, goddamn, yeah, buddy, I know exactly what you're going through. Like, we all, like, we all do it, you know? Like, nobody gets out of this life without scraping a knee, you know? And they scrape their knee and they're like, what is this? Why does it hurt so bad? And I'm like, I know it sucks. It sucks. The only thing I can, I can try and shepherd you through it, but I cannot feel the pain for you. And it it's at the same time a terrible experience because you're watching your kid go through pain, but it's a really like humbling and connective experience because well, you're trying to help the thing you care most about in the world experience something that's new and unpleasant.
1: And to to go with the parallels of this movie about, you know, we we talked about you never fully understand something until you've tried to teach it to another person or human being. And as a new father myself, my daughter is teething. And early, you know, after we brought her home, she would cry and cry and cry and it frustrated me and it made me upset and I was losing my calm and I could not figure out why I could not soothe this child. And then when I finally felt those teeth in her mouth, I'm like, oh my God, okay, you're in pain. I can resonate with that. I can understand that. Yeah. So it gave me it gave me a lot more patience and understanding as a dad because I'm like, okay, I understand that you're in pain. I know why you're upset.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I had one other quote. I'm editorializing here. Uh, I didn't write the whole quote down because it's actually kind of long, but basically at one point when, which is most of the movie, when um, Manny is learning about something new, learning what trash is, he says you're like trash and uh not like in a mean way he's just like he's putting things together and he's like okay you're lonely because you, uh hank was being down on himself and he was like you know i'm lonely and i'm stupid and i'm ugly and nobody likes me and blah 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 and he's like oh so you're like trash like and he's like no I, what what is say? no you can't just call people trash he's like why not you just describe trash he goes, you can't just say what comes into your head that's bad talking and it's like Yet again, not to belabor the point, but like yet again, getting into like parenting and like, you know, your kids pick up on what you say and they find the loopholes in what you're, what you're saying. And sometimes parrot things back to you that like, maybe you did not realize you were projecting or realize that you were putting out into the universe until they parrot it back. I didn't realize until my daughter could speak how frequently my wife and I would say, okay, we're going to do, you know, AB and then we'll do C deal. Until she started speaking, and she started, you know, this incomprehensible babble. Deal, deal. <laughs> <laughs> we get, like, Why does she say deal, deal after everything? And it's like because we were trying, we were presenting everything as like a deal, and we would answer for her. Deal, deal. <laughs> it fucking slayed me when Aww. we figured out what the hell she was saying. That's cool. <laughs> But that was some shit that I didn't realize I was putting out into the universe Yeah, until it comes back on me. And this is kind of the same thing, right? It's like, you're like trash. It's like, no, you can't say that. It's like, well, that's kind of what you're saying about yourself.
1: Yeah, he says, you're dirty, smelly, lonely, broken, and old. You're like trash.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. Did you have any more quotes?
1: Uh, No, that's all of them.
2: I'm all quoted out myself. Um I so, are
0: we ready to rate this? Are we, are we, I'm ready to rate. Oh man, rate uh, this, bitch. And I yeah. said, bitch. Thank you, Peel for your generous donation of bitch. What'd you say? <laughs> yeah. Um. So okay, I'll
2: I'll I'll jump in. All right, my rating. I'm giving this a seven point eight lap compasses.
1: Wow. Compass. Compass.
2: Yep, that points the direction.
0: I am gonna give this movie i am I'm gonna give it an eight point zero fartskis.
1: Alright. Oh, okay. Or Pooski.
0: I l you know, or ski-poo. skipoo. Skipoo. Or Skipoo, ski-poo. If, if that's what you want. But I, I'm gonna go with Fartski.
1: I like it. I like it. I'm going to give this one a 7.2 fart finger blasts.
0: Oh. Mm. I, that's that's a thing, isn't it?
1: It's definitely that's, a thing. Is that
0: what the kids are doing? Oh
2: man, you could have gone fart corks because we didn't talk about the corks.
1: Oh, we didn't talk about the corks.
0: We talked about the corks. Yeah. yeah. We're like Ireland. You just don't talk about Cork. That's true. Um Are we Laura Dern? I think so. Are we Laura Dern? Uh, Thank you, Laura
1: Dern, for your generous contribution to this podcast. We uh, greatly appreciate you.
0: Laura Dern is the greatest. She's a national treasure. She is. I, the one thing that I'm very glad about is I know that if and when Mike Tyson hunts us down, I know in my soul that Lurdern will be there to protect us. Yeah. Um, or at least watch. Yeah, just, just with popcorn. Yep. Uh, that is all for the All Crep Review. Thanks for listening. If you have any ideas for movie reviews, email us at three, that is the number three, men and a basement at gmail.com. Please make sure to check out Ugly Useless Sacks of Shit.
1: And uh, Foreskin Shadowing. <laughs> and foreskin
0: Shadowing, <laughs> which are touring and opening up for This Is Not Poop. Um, this Is Not Poop has really had that sort of meteoric rise. Yeah. Um, as they discover more and more things
1: that are not poop. That are not
0: poop. I did not realize that it would be such a straightforward thing. Yeah, to, it, to discover things that it are really not comes
1: out at you. It's it's a regular
2: red and rainbow.
1: You yeah, know what I'm saying. So the my favorite thing about foreskin shadowing, personally, is that they give you a little teaser at the front.
0: Yeah, you kind of know what you're getting in for, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And then they hit you with the climax after.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um. I like it. And at the end of it, you just realize that, like, yeah, I'm—I get it. I'm just an ugly, useless sack of shit. Yep. Then um, you, you know,
1: full of poop <laughs> full of... because you're listening to things that are not poop,
0: like this podcast. Hey,
1: hey. hey.
0: <laughs> you can also find us on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you find your podcasts. And until then, I am Colin McLeod. Mark up Action Jackson. And we will uh, see you in cyberspace. <laughs>